Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide to a night of relaxing, restful sleep. We'll explore the story of Maeve and Milo, a couple celebrating their anniversary by stargazing at a cabin in the forest. But before we begin, let us take the time to unwind and find comfort in the space we are in. Allow your body to sink into the mattress. Give yourself a moment to identify any tension you may be carrying. Is your jaw clenched? Are your shoulders raised or lowered? Are your hands in tight fists? Or are they relaxed? Let your mind wander. Imagine a beautiful forest with trees as far as the eye can see. Are the leaves on the trees orange, amber, and red? Or perhaps they are evergreen, sage, and emerald. Picture yourself lying in that cool, cool grass that's coating the forest floor. Feel the gentle wind as it ripples across the grass gently, causing it to tickle against your skin. Overhead, feel the sun filtering through the trees, casting intricate patterns on you and the forest floor around you. Draw your attention to a single leaf above you. Perhaps it is the yellow, shimmering leaf of a birch tree. Maybe it is the vibrant, soothing green on an oak tree that has stood there for generations. No matter what kind it is, allow yourself to see the veins within the leaf and observe the way the sun shines through it. As you breathe in, picture that leaf moving softly towards you. As you exhale, see the leaf moving away, twirling in the wind. Breathe in with the leaf coming closer, and breathe out with the leaf moving away. Breathe in with the leaf moving towards you, and breathe out with the leaf moving away. Now that we have taken the time to sink into the space we are in, and to prepare for the story, let us begin. It was autumn, and my, was it a beautiful one. Maeve and Milo found themselves staring out the moving car window in a dreamy daze, taking in the sight of the landscape coming to life all around them. The concrete jungle they had just left was long behind them now, and all the troubles and obligations that could be found there seemed to drift further away with every degree and elevation that they climbed. It was their anniversary, their first wedding anniversary, in fact, and they longed to escape the city for the weekend and experience autumn 
in all its glory. In their city, autumn meant a chill in the air, but not the magic of changing leaves, the fresh scent in the breeze, or the sight of mushrooms popping up out of the flourishing soil. They had decided long ago that they would return to the alpine cabin they had first met at. Years ago, when they were in college, the two had attended a party at the cabin with their friends, but neither Maeve nor Milo were the outgoing party type. While their friends went on boat rides and drank, Maeve and Milo found themselves often in each other's company, curled up by the camp. The first time Milo saw Maeve, he was taken with her. She was lounging in a hammock near the lake, dangling a few of her fingers in the cool water while her other hand held up a book. When Milo happened to look at her, he saw her smile to herself as she read a line in the novel. It was in that moment that he became smitten. It was such a simple action, nothing remarkable, nothing abnormal, but it made his heart flutter. He could see how lost she was in the world she had entered in those pages, and it made him feel deeply connected to her. When Maeve noticed Milo, she observed something similar. As she was lounging in the hammock, she glanced over at the quiet boy sitting on the edge of the dock. She saw concern cross his face as he dipped his hands down in the water, muttering something to himself. It was only then that she realized he was scooping a small butterfly out of the water. He placed it on the deck and watched it as the warm summer sun dried its wings, and it flew off. That night, when they were both having trouble sleeping, Maeve found Milo lying on the dock, his feet resting just above the water. A candle flickered beside him, illuminating the dock in a warm orange glow. Maeve introduced herself and lay down beside him, for a few moments, they spoke about their trouble sleeping, and then their conversations turned to the sky. Maeve still remembered the first story he told her. Do you see that cluster of seven stars there? Those are called the Pleiades. They were once women so beautiful and intelligent that Orion spent many years following them trying to court them. The Pleiades refused and went to Zeus, looking to be freed from Orion. Feeling pity for the women, he turned them into doves. Finally, they were free, free to go wherever they pleased without the weight of Orion's gaze on them. The doves took to the sky and found safety within the stars, 
where they remain to this day. Milo told the story with such a sense of awe and passion that Mae found herself gazing at him with a newfound respect. She, too, pointed to the stars, but her story was rather different. The Pleiades is one of the oldest recorded star clusters in history. In ancient Greek, the name meant to sail because it was so vital for sailors making their way through the vast oceans. They're one of the nearest star clusters to Earth, and they've been burning for millions of years. They're made up of hot blue and luminous stars that have been carefully, beautifully formed within the last 100 million years. While our world has changed entirely in that time, they've been growing and forming. It's hard to believe, but there are over 1,000 confirmed members of the star cluster. Milo looked at those seven shimmering stars with completely new eyes. It was only then that they learned about each other's major. Milo studied literature, specializing in mythology and folklore, while Maeve studied astronomy. And now, several years later, the two had both earned their masters and been wed for a year. Every time they looked up at the Pleiades, they were reminded of that moment on the dock, staring up at that starry night sky, a moment that changed their lives for the better, forever. The road before them began to wind and twist as they made their way further up the mountain. Around them, the forests changed and shifted with the elevation. The oak and maple trees were replaced with birch, cedar, and pine. The lowland flowers slowly faded into soft purple lupines, which wound their way up the edges of cliffs and through narrow lines of trees. Below, they could see a forest ablaze with vibrant shades of orange, red, and yellow. It was like an impressionist painting had come to life. Around them, granite cliffs were peppered with lichen and moss. Small waterfalls trailed down, down, down the steep edges, cascading into the soil below and suspending brilliant streaks of light mid-air with every droplet. Finally, they turned onto a familiar dirt road. The crunch and consistent drone of the rocks underneath their tires was like the final song on the soundtrack of their long journey. Milo leaned against the window and closed his eyes for a moment, taking in the moment. When they arrived at the cabin, it was as if nothing had changed. It was a small, cozy building on a lot coated with trees and vibrant green grass. The old wooden dock 
seemed to crackle and creak with every wave, and the lake it sat on was simply breathtaking. On all edges of the lake, granite cliffs seemed to rise out of the water. It was so brilliantly clear that you could see every speckled rock underneath the surface. Maeve and Milo set their things down inside. The interior was simple, with aged wood floors, a plush couch, and a wood stove. The roof, however, was something remarkable. There was a massive skylight in the bedroom and in the living room, giving you endless views of the night sky, regardless of the weather. But Maeve and Milo had a few more hours before nightfall, and they knew exactly how they wanted to spend it. They both made their way to the hammock, which hung exactly where it had all those years ago when they met. Milo wrapped his arm around Maeve, bringing her close. They lay there in silence for quite some time, soaking in those last few hours of sunlight and enjoying the gentle soundscape of the world around them. They heard the melodic conversation of woodpeckers, blue jays, and robins as they flit from tree to tree, untethered. They heard the sound of the water splashing against the rocks, over and over and over. They heard the sound of the wind whistling as it weaved through the cedar forest, lifting up fallen leaves in its path. They heard the creak, creak of the hammock as they swung back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Milo read from a book about the stars, Sidereus Nuncius, by Galileo Galilei. His voice was silky smooth as he quietly read aloud. Behold, therefore, four stars reserved for your illustrious name, and not of the common sort and multitude of the less notable fixed stars, but of the illustrious order of wandering stars, which, indeed, make their journeys and orbits with a marvelous speed around the star of Jupiter, the most noble of them all, with mutually different motions, like children of the same family, while meanwhile all together, in mutual harmony, complete their great revolutions every twelve years about the center of the world, that is, about the sun itself. As he continued to read, his words slowed more and more. The weight of their journey had, indeed, begun to weigh down on him with the wonderful sun kissing their skin and the soothing rock of the hammock. He found his eyes growing more and more heavy. Maeve wrapped her arms even tighter around him. She felt weightless in the hammock 
and the breeze. It was a kind of comfort that she would have thought impossible, a moment of perfection that made her grow more and more sleepy with every passing second. And then they both fell asleep. For quite some time, they hovered in that brilliant in-between time where all is right in the universe and your body and mind are content to just be. It was Milo who awakened first. Though his eyes fluttered open, he lay completely still, taking in the sight before him. The sun had begun to set. The sky was a masterpiece, painted with every shade of pink, purple, blue, and orange imaginable. It reflected off the crystal clear lake like a mirror, creating a landscape that looked as though it was out of a dream. Maeve was silhouetted by that setting sun. She was peacefully asleep, her chest gently rising and falling with every breath she took. Milo watched her in awe and affection, soaking in how wonderful it was just to have her near. He thought back to that first moment he saw her, the first moment he really saw her, when she was curled up in this same hammock, reading from some novel he'd never know the name of. Slowly, Maeve's eyes opened. She stretched and pulled Milo into a hug, where they remained for quite some time as they shook away the last bit of sleep. They both made their way to the campfire, collecting bits of kindling and freshly cut wood. They started to make their fire for dinner. They watched as one tiny spark grew, expanding across the kindling and onto the logs until it was a real fire, safely flickering in the soft autumn breeze. Milo placed a cast iron on the fire with some garlic and olive oil. The immediate satisfying sizzle made them both lean back in their chairs, breathing in the sweet aroma. They tossed in some veggies, delighted and ready for their meal. There was something so satisfying about cooking over an open fire, something that connected them to their roots and made all the problems of modern society melt away. They sat by the crackling fire and ate as the sun dipped further and further over the horizon. Slowly, they watched as the orange and yellows turned to pinks and purples, and the pinks and purples turned to the dark blue and black of night. Stars began to pepper the sky as the darkness grew. They both regarded the universe above them with a sense of childhood wonder. 
once it was dark enough, Milo urged Maeve to put on her bathing suit, and the two stepped into the hot tub. The hot water was a brilliant contrast to the chilly autumn air. As soon as they stepped in, they felt their muscles relax in a soothing wave. They sunk down deeper and deeper into the hot tub, melting away every bit of tension that remained in their bodies. The steam rising from the hot tub popped out against the dark lake, like the Milky Way does against the night sky. They reclined and turned their gaze up to the millions and millions of stars above their head. The stars sparkled and glistened light years away and in every color of the rainbow. Maeve found herself pointing to a constellation near the Milky Way. Tell me what the Greeks thought about Aquila, she whispered, resting her head against Milo's shoulder. Milo gently brushed her hair as he explained, Aquila is an eagle, the messenger of Zeus. He served as Zeus's connection to the real world. Wherever Zeus went, Aquila would swoop through the sky, carrying Zeus's thunderbolts in his talons. He brought Zeus's messages down to earth and, on occasion, he brought people up to Zeus. What about the Egyptians? What did they think about Aquila? Maeve asked dreamily. The ancient Egyptians had a similar idea. They believed that Aquila was actually a falcon. The falcon of their god, Horus. Horus was seen as the god of the sky. Milo replied, then asked, So, what is Aquila actually? How many stars are there? Aquila is one of the oldest recognized constellations. It's one of the 48 constellations described by Ptolemy, but it was never mentioned in the 4th and 3rd century BC. It's on the celestial equator, which makes it easy to find. Maeve gently took Milo's hand in hers. She guided his finger to the brightest star in the constellation with a smile. That star is called Altair. It's the twelfth brightest star in the night sky. Right now, it's found within an interstellar cloud, which is a cloud of gas and dust millions of miles away. She lowered Milo's hand, and he intertwined his fingers with hers. For quite some time, they stared at that star, at that constellation in awe. That same constellation had helped sailors, adventurers, and families find their way home for generations. It was a guide to adventure, a guiding light to safety, and a source of stories across all cultures, time periods, and walks of life. Tell me about Ares, 
Maeve asked. Milo smiled and drew her closer. Oh, Ares the Ram may be one of my favorite stories. In Thessaly, there lived a legendary king named Athamas. He lived there in luxury with his two beautiful children, Phrixus and Hela. The children played all day in the beautiful rose gardens and by the sea. But soon, Athamas had to remarry. He married a woman named Eno, unaware of how cruel she was. Every day, she was mean to Athamas' children, until one day, Hermes, the god of travelers and the divine messenger, took pity on the children. He sent a magical ram to collect the children and whisk them away to safety. Unfortunately, only Phrixus made it to their destination after a long flight across large oceans. When he landed safely, he presented the ram's golden fleece to the king of the country. Soon after, Zeus placed the ram in the sky, honoring the sacrifice he made. Maeve traced the outline of the ram with her eyes as Milo spoke. She thought of the beauty of the story, how something told thousands of years ago could transcend time and still affect her so deeply. She asked, what about the Egyptians? The Egyptians saw Ares as a ram as well. It was associated with the god Amun-Ra, the god of creativity, Milo explained, then asked, what do you know about Ares? Ares is actually one of the dimmest of the original 48 constellations presented by Ptolemy. It only has four bright stars named Hamal, Mesartim, 41 Arietes, and Sheraton. But you know what my favorite thing about Ares is? It's that meteor showers rain down from Ares all the time. The daytime Arietids meteor shower happens every year from the 22nd of May to the 2nd of July. You can't view them with a naked eye, but they're still fascinating. In awe, Milo muttered, there are so many beautiful things happening out there all the time. They sat in the hot tub for hours, going over the constellations, talking about the past and the future and the present. Finally, the time came to retreat inside where they could find refuge from the ever-growing wind. Milo got the wood stove going as Maeve stared up at the stars through the skylight, soaking in the view. The cold cabin slowly began to warm as the heat from the stove radiated through the room. Milo curled up beside Maeve on the couch 
handing her a cup of homemade hot cocoa. He saw a wistfulness in Maeve's eyes, a strong emotion he had only observed a handful of times. What are you thinking about, honey? He asked, running his hand through her hair softly and affectionately. I was just thinking about how all our ancestors stared at these same stars. They went to bed at night, looking at them, wondering what was out there, just like us. They sat by fires and held their young ones close and told stories. For thousands of years, we've all shared this beautiful experience. We've all had this in common, shaping who we are. Maeve's words hung in the air. The truth in them filled the current moment with a new kind of importance, a new kind of sweetness they had never felt before. Slowly, Maeve continued, and our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will do the same thing no matter where they are in the world, no matter what technology exists, there will come a time when they stare up at these stars and soak them in, just like we are now. They'll make up stories and get excited when they see shooting stars. Milo, they'll wish on shooting stars just like us. It was a thought that had never crossed Milo's mind. He imagined their future children lying in the grass somewhere, whispering about the stars and the universe late at night. It filled him with a sense of comfort he hadn't even realized he was missing. The seconds turned into minutes, and the minutes turned into hours. Milo and Maeve both felt their eyes growing heavy. They pulled the fluffy wool blanket closer around themselves and curled up together, still facing the skylight. Beside them, the wood stove crackled peacefully as it gently dimmed, leaving the warmth and comfort in its place. As Maeve felt herself growing closer and closer to sleep, she leaned over to Milo one more time, placing a kiss on his cheek. He smiled at her touch and brushed through her hair. I love you, Maeve whispered, resting her head back on his chest. I love you too, he replied the words like honey on his lips. They listened to each other's heartbeats as they drifted off to sleep, breathing slowly and peacefully. That night, they dreamt that they were in the stars. Maeve floated from star to star in the black night sky, completely untethered 
and free. Around her, stardust sparkled against the dark expanse of space. Meteors slid by, glowing brightly. She took Milo's hand, and the two danced on top of the brightest stars, basking in all the beauty that they offered. The blue and yellow of the stars reflected in their eyes as they gazed at each other, in love and utterly happy. I hope you have enjoyed this sleep story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, restful sleep. Please, join me again tomorrow for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams. <laughs>